Well, good morning and welcome to the Leadership Boost. No, <laughs> wrong one. <laughs> I'm so used to doing that every day. <laughs> That's right. What are we doing? What are we doing today? Where, where am I? Oh, my word. Uh, yeah, good morning and welcome to KLE, Kingdom Leadership Equipping. This is uh, where kingdom leaders are equipped or leaders are equipped in kingdom mindedness. Uh, it's not your usual message with Steve and Sean and we are talking about all things building his church, and so welcome to our conversation today. So, yes. <laughs> welcome, Steve. Thank you. It's good. To, it's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's been a whole week. Can you believe? I know it? it's been a whole week, and I haven't even talked to you this week. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Normally, we're talking just about every day. I was wondering what happened to you. Yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I was in search of a, a palm reader. Somebody that was just full of joy that was a palm reader because I wanted to strike a happy medium today. But um, anyway, I just, That's... I know. Like I said, let's start from there and go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. It's Friday. Did Connie let you out the cage today? <laughs> yes, she did. She let me out of the cage. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> oh, well. You know, um, I was... I was just thinking of something in particular uh, uh, this morning. Um, I'd, I'd been written by several people this week, not written off, but written to. <laughs> and um, they were just talking about some different things and, you know, how they wanted the meat of the word and different things like that. And, and then they got to talking about supply um, and, um, uh, you know, what, what God is doing. And, and then they're asking me for help. Mm. And I'm going, you know, <clears throat> says my God shall supply all my need, not my job, um, not, not anybody else. I remember this one guy coming to our fellowship one time and he says, and he, he stops in the middle. He was supposed to be our special speaker. He stops in the middle and he starts to pray and he says, Oh father, you know that I need, <laughs> I need a new pair of shoes and my kids are getting ready to go to school and we need, we need clothing and, and we need all these things. And I know that, you know, and his wife is playing on the organ and it's getting louder and louder, you know, and I'm going, holy cow, this guy, this guy knows how to work an audience, you know, for pity and for whatever, but my God shall supply all my need, yeah. not, not this people and not this sheep, not not any person. I mean, if the Lord lays it on their heart, that's a whole different thing. But if I have to get out there and try to work it, your arm, yeah, work it somehow, or, or I, I feel the pressure of it. I feel the pressure of the need. And therefore I share that with you. But in that you feel the pressure of the need. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times in quote unquote ministry uh, or, or any type of leadership, instead of just leading and uh, letting people follow our example of sonship and everything else, we have a tendency to um, let everybody else carry the burden. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, you know, I have the burden of this particular financial responsibility, but there, I'm going to share it with everybody else because, you know, this is what happened to me, and maybe you have a solution. Yeah. And it just... Um, the more you talk about it, it's almost like, um, the less assurance you have in your own heart and the less apt 
that the Lord is going to give you that supply right away. Yeah. Uh, usually because you're the one blocking it at that point. Your, your faith isn't there. You, your faith is toward man or your faith is toward something else, not toward God. Exactly so, right. And it's amazing how, you know, in the foundational principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, you know, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Uh, all those work together, but it's amazing how that very first foundational principle, repentance from dead works and faith toward God, because those two work hand in hand. Uh, we keep having to go back to that same principle and rebuild that once again in people's lives because it's almost like that that position or that place or that foundational um, pillar has been stolen yeah, or hasn't been laid properly, one of the two. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, this is something, I mean, just because I'm probably more more visible on online am i doing a lot of stuff so but i'm telling you steve every week i get hello how are you and i know where it's gonna go is you, you know can you need to help me i've got orphans and and widows right. or right. i've got this or i've got that <clears throat> and the thing is you know um we need to realize is that first off is that that god is the source if he's called right. you um, to something, he will provide for you in that something. Right, in that something. You're right. You know, right, every, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God will provide for you. If, if you're not seeing the provision of God, then you've got to take time and find out what is God's vision, what is God's mission for you, what is his direction for you. Right. Um, otherwise, keep quiet and wait until you see the provision of God. But right. this constant, you know, I don't know why people think because you live in America, uh, you know, that you have loads of money and right. um, or because you live in England, you have loads of money. <clears throat> and and then you've got, you know, those that just think, well, you know, I'm I'm in the ministry. Therefore, everybody's got to provide for me like, you know, there's, right. there's this. Right. But if you miss the if you miss the focus of of. Yeah, I, in fact, this week I, I wrote in um, in uh, the Facebook group. You know, if you if you uh, don't ask somebody to give you a fish, because then they always control how much fish and when it can come. But right. when you when when you ask, teach me how to fish, then you have the 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 power of. How much fish, when, where, you know, you have control over it. The thing about it is, is if we're trying to manipulate people and, and all the time for provision right. in, in what we are doing, uh, you are always subject to them, not subject right. to, to what your Heavenly Father does, you know? Well, also my own supply out of my own hand or my ability to persuade or you yes. become my God. Exactly. Because, because my God shall supply, not my job, not my, not the people around me. My God shall supply. Now, the thing is, it's interesting because God does use, our Father does use people a lot of times to supply. However, well, he, does. Yeah. <clears throat> he, you, he lays it on their heart to do it. It isn't because I, I posted a little suggestion in their brain. 
Yeah. And they finally figured it out after a couple of weeks because I can look at a seed like that and go, okay, I planted that seed a couple of weeks ago. You know, I sure am glad I did because now I got an extra 10 bucks. Um, but if God lays it on their heart, usually it's far above exceedingly abundantly above why I even exactly. asked, hoped, or thought. Exactly. Uh, rather than just saying I need a, a pair of shoes size 11 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I need them white and I need them this type and this type you know, being specific when you ask, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, people, <clears throat> people go, Oh, okay. He needs a pair of, you know, but, but what if you ask the father that and nobody else knows this. And then all of a sudden shoes begin to show up size 11 and a half from different sources and they're different colors. They're different things for different purposes. And now God has supplied your need, but you haven't you haven't limited him to that. I need that one pair of, right. you know, and, and because you place that in somebody else's heart. Now all of a sudden they're your provider or they're your supply. And you can say all day long that God did it. But if I'm approaching you to help me supply for that, then that's, that's like using me for a bank. Yeah. For crying out loud. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I must, I must be honest, Steve. It's just, you know, after now, a number of years of having this situation um, where I'm constantly getting approached. I mean, sometimes harassed. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually, you know, at a place of, of looking at this and saying, this is unethical leadership as right. far as, as, right. as far as spiritual leadership goes. It's unethical. Right. It's, it's, it's diabolical. It's not right, you know. Is because imagine if if you know. I, I actually want to start doing that. Maybe I should start doing that. Is when they write to me and start saying, "Well, actually, you know, can I tell you about my needs? You know, and and, um, <laughs> and can you help me? You know, it's just uh, we we've got to stop this. In I mean, this <clears throat> where Jesus says uh, in Matthew six, he says, "So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink?'" Or what shall we wear for the pagans? Run after all these things. Wow. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Right. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And right. I, I, you know, I ask myself, well, how many people are sitting in the seat of the pagans or running in the race of the pagans after all these things? Because that's what they're doing is like worrying about how am I going to do this? Oh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get online and I'm going to tap this one, tap that one. And right. they use very manipulative techniques to do it as well. So, right. you know, come and teach us. And then, you know, um, so it's actually the teaching doesn't mean anything really. It's just they want to give you an opportunity where they can actually connect or, you know, tap you for for whatever need they've got, you know, and I right. appreciate everybody's got needs, but you know, is that if we don't have provision in those things, wherever we are, right. Then we never know father as, as our provider. Jesus right. said, what things soever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, right. either he, he was either you, either he was um, true or false when Jesus said that, or uh, either you believe it or you don't, right? or you refuse to obey it, 
or you do, you know, and, right. and the simple fact of the matter is if, if you're a pagan running after all these things and you don't know that the heavenly father knows that you need them, then you got to ask yourself is, is the kingdom of God first in your life? Right. And his righteousness first in your life. We've also modeled that we have. around the world yes. as far as, as far as a, quote, spiritual leadership model. And so we've, we've demonstrated that, um, you know, just like I said, the evangelist getting up there and saying, hey, I have need of this, and I have need of $500 to be able to uh, pay for the rest of my plane ticket to go to such and such a place. You know, I know God will provide. Well, all I did was plant a seed in everybody's heart that I need another 500 bucks. Yes. I didn't make, re make your request be known unto God. He yes. didn't say everybody else around him. Um, you know, where is, our, where is our trust really at? And I guess that's what it is. Where, who is our faith really in? And a lot of times we see that it's not coming because we've approached our father with it and we see it's not coming in our time frame or whatever. And so we end up trying to do it behind the scenes with our own hand and then call it God. Yeah. And uh, consequently we've modeled this for, well, uh, sons of God all over the earth yeah. for that matter. Yeah. And uh, that's all they know. All they know is the Western, basically the Western God. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's what they've seen. And uh, that's a sadness to me because that's not um, that's not what's supposed to be modeled. As a son of God, I'm not modeling a, a Christian, a Western Christian church. I'm modeling Christ. I'm modeling, you know, how do how did Christ do that stuff? Did he did he make his requests known unto the disciples, or did he go before his father and and his father just supplied everything? Yeah, you know, well, that's sin. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I was just thinking of something now. Oh, yeah, that, you know, that's you know, coming from from a third world country. Um, the thing that I noticed over the years was some of the greatest re revelation, greatest knowledge has Are come you out of the about West. South Africa or England. Sorry, <laughs> the third world. <laughs> yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, from Africa. <laughs> so that's from South Africa for those that don't know. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so, you know, Michelle and I, we got saved. Uh, well, Michelle, Michelle seems to be saved all her life. I think she got saved when she came out the womb or something, but <laughs> like she's been saved like forever. But, um, uh, you know, in 19, 1978, I surrendered my life to Christ, and 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 from then it was just like a growing process in in the church. You know, we we just immersed ourselves in the church and every program going and everything else that was happening, because we thought that was the only way. Right. And um, uh, and we went through that whole process and. You know, the, 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 the wonderful thing is in 79, 80, 81, around there, the, 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 there was a whole, you know, a whole new sort of flow came into South Africa with the charismatic flow and, and uh, the word of, of faith came in. And it was wonderful. I mean, it taught me so much, such knowledge. And, but the model you know, so the best thing that ever came out of the Western world was the knowledge, the revelation, 
right. of the word. Right. But the worst thing that came out was the model of how church is done. Right. There was a certain there was a certain spin that we everything we touch. It's almost like you've got this. You've got a shoe that you wear, and you say that I've got a perfect foot. I've got a perfect shoe. And yet it has this slice in the bottom or a certain type of pattern on the soul. And everywhere, everywhere you walk, you put that imprint of your soul on everything. Yes. And we do the same thing in, in life is that we, we have this certain perception. And I guess that's why it says in Isaiah, remember not the former things nor even consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing, saith the Lord. Yes. And um, there's something that he's doing. And every time he tries to do, or he doesn't try, I mean, every time he's doing something new or wants to work something new through us, of course, we take whatever we already know and overlay it. And so we end up putting that same imprint of our shoe on everything that we do. Yes. And that's, that's what we did with the church model. We yeah. did exactly the same thing. Rather than, rather than going the New Testament model, which hey, let's go house to house. Let's just break bread together. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's find the Holy Spirit here. Let's find out what he's directing. Let's find his dance. And then let's, let's um, you know, build one another up and let every joint supply. I mean, yeah. let, you know, not, not like in the 60s and 70s, the joints, but, you know, let, let every, man, every man do his part. So you're drawing out of them the abundance of Christ, not, not just one man sitting up there again. Yes. So, and, and everybody else around then, it, this is, <laughs> oh man, this is bad. I'm going to throw back the covers a little bit here. Uh, uh, just on what, what we were taught or what I was taught. Okay, this is it. If, if I go into a new place and start a church, all I need is 10 people, really, 10 families. Hmm. Because if we get a tithe or one-tenth, and I'm going to make sure that they know the principle of tithing. This one-tenth then, 10 people, I'm going to make as much as the average person in that area. Wow. Because I will be, you know, each one is providing a tenth, so I will have, uh, that will make up the whole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and, and that's what you're taught. I mean, this is crazy. This is craziness. Yeah. It isn't, it isn't going in because God sent you there and he's going to supply it's you're going to work this up and make sure everybody knows about the law of tithing because it is a law under the old covenant. I'm going to make sure they know about the law and then I'm going to use Malachi as a pry bar saying, have you not robbed from God in giving of your tithes and offerings? I mean, you didn't do it. So therefore, you know, there's a curse upon you and I'm going, why, why do we use the old covenant to pry people into the new? Into giving out in the new. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, when actually, if, if indeed somebody is giving to you spirituals, then, then of course, like Paul says, naturally you're going to give your carnals and I should expect that. But, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not here because I'm expecting anything from you. I'm here because I'm commanded to do this. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, whether you whether you give, whether you do anything, whether you show up or not, this is I'm under compulsion to do this, not you. Exactly. So, but you see, that's all the 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 working for profit, you know, and right, right. But it's the model that's been passed down from 
you know, from the Roman Catholic Middle Ages Church. You see, it's right. still that Levitical priesthood mentality right. that only the high priest can go in and receive from God. Only the high priest knows what God is saying. Right. We've got to, we've got to pass, you know, get through the the different ceremonial stages to actually reach God. And so there's this, you, you know, you've got to go through the outer court. You've got to go through the praise. You've got to go through the, the brazen laver. You know, you've got to go through all of this incense table, etc. And And, you know, hopefully we can reach, you know, but, but we still need that mediator for us, you know, that, that priest that speaks on our behalf, you know? Right. right. And, and then, of course, you touched on something earlier, which was, you know, fresh manner, you know, is like, this is interesting to me. We, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine in South Africa about this. Um, in fact, just well, you have another week. friend besides me. What oh, brother, yeah, <laughs> just only the two of you in the world. Can you believe it? <laughs> so, um, Go ahead. There, there's there's a lesson in that too. I think somewhere, but <laughs> yeah. So, but he, we were just he was just saying to me is like you know people saying what's new you know and I I said you know to me it's interesting Andre is that. Um, is that we we haven't we haven't yet established ourselves in what we do know, what we do have, right? And I'm not talking about foundational stuff. I'm just talking about in the in the the truths and the principles. We we haven't even embraced that as part of our behaviour yet. Right. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, oh, come out of that, man! You demon! <laughs> you sneezy. Devil, you! <laughs> um, I come out of that demon, you man. <laughs> um, and yet, we, you know, there's this demand for 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 more, you know. And right, I, right. Like, when when people say we want meat, I go, what is that? You, right. know, you know what I'm saying is that have you have we done the, the have we adhered to the principles of Jesus that He taught, you know, taught us. Have right. we have, do we actually understand what the kingdom of God is about? You know, do we understand that, you know, is that we always looking for something fresh. We're always looking for the meat of it. Right. And we don't, we, we, we haven't yet established ourselves in what we do have, you know, right. it's just, um, well, even that, even that stuff that I write, you know, almost, well, not really daily anymore, but it's almost like every other day. I, you know, yes. do that little three hundred and fifty word little thingy that I send out. Lost, yeah. They, just about every bit of that is on repentance from dead works and faith toward God. Almost every single time, it's yes. not. It's not the doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands. It's not resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Um, most of the time, it's on that very first foundational principle. Mm -hmm. Of yeah. repentance from dead works and faith toward God. And I thought about that. I thought, why is it that he keeps, why is it that that's so heavy on my heart right now? And I thought, well, if you don't establish that, you can't even get to the other pillars. Yes. Because if I lay hands on you without repentance from dead works and faith toward God, there's no real reason to lay hands on you. Yeah. Because there's no impartation. There's no, there's no giving. You how to receive it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, let alone that, if I don't have repentance from dead works and faith toward God, I'm still working for my own righteousness. Yeah. So, um, 
it's just, it's amazing to me how those foundational principles work hand in hand. However, um, you know, to have the meat, it says my, Christ even said, my meat is to do, to do the will of him who sent me. If I want meat, it's not some more knowledge and revelation. Let's walk in whatever it is we've got for crying out loud. Yes. But in the meat and stuff, let's do what it is that he sent us to do, not, not hang around waiting for something else to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if Christ told me that these signs shall follow those who believe, repentance from dead works and faith toward God, if that's laid in my I mean, laid in my heart as a foundation, I know that wherever I go, the dead are going to be raised, the, the sick are going to be healed. Um, you know, that's just going to happen. Yes. Uh, because I was sent as a sign and a wonder as it says in the old, that even says that in the old covenant, you are for signs and wonders. <laughs> yeah. And if that's the case in the old, I'm sure that was, it says it's fulfilled. That means that it has been fulfilled in Christ. That means I'm, I am now sent not because of what I do, not because of any righteousness, which I've done, not because of a mindset, not anything else. It's because he sent me for crying out loud. And here I am, and I was sent on his behalf, in his name, in his place, in his stead, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and be whole. Yes. And it's as simple as that, yet, yet it's hard for us to get over a, you know, unbelief, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, it comes uh, from two different Greek words. One of them's apistis, uh, which is just, pistis is the word for faith so awe means none or negative no. yeah, yeah yeah so uh having no faith and that one's easy to fix because uh you know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god if i don't have faith then i go to the word and find out what it is he actually is saying and then begin to believe that again mm. but the other one is the one that says that they entered not in because of an evil heart of unbelief mm. that word is Apathia. Mm. Now, what word does that remind you of? Uh, apathetic. Yes. It means to hear but refuse to believe. Mm. I've already heard. I already know what he says. I already know what he believes about the situation, yet for some reason I refuse to believe it for myself. Yeah. And that's an evil heart of unbelief. Yeah. And that's the one that's tough to get out of because it's, it's like you said, it's apathetic. It's, mm. it's, I'm no longer thinking that way anymore. And that's what you've talked about, you know, a hundred times, if anything, is, is uh, repentance means to change your mind, change yeah. your way of thinking. It's not, it's, not, it's not, I need more revelation. I need more understanding. I need more teaching. It's <laughs> just change, change your way of thinking right change now, for thinking. crying out loud. Change your mindset, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody sent me a message uh, um, during the week, and they said, you know, only God can change people. And I said, yeah, but only we can change our minds. And uh, God will never change your mind. That's why Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2, he says, don't be conformed to the fashion of this world, but be transformed, transformed. by the yeah, yes. by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or behave or manifest or reveal the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And it's right. not three wills, good, acceptable and perfect. The will of God is good, good, acceptable and perfect. And right. so, <clears throat> you know, people asking me uh, often ask, and it's one of the most sought um, 
questions online is like, what is the will of God for my life? And I go, easy, just renew your mind and you'll be transformed. So right. that, you know, because that's why when Jesus came, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's like, you've got to have that change of thinking. You've got to change that mindset so that you can see the, the, the kingdom of God. You can embrace it and you can see it revealed through you. Because in the right. kingdom is where the will of God is. You know, right. and you let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But everybody here is just like, pray for me, get me out of here. You know, right. uh, Jesus, have, come and come again, you know, quickly so that we can get out. It's like this escape mentality, but there's no renewing of the mind. Um, right. And it says, say not, like it says in Romans, you know, say not in your heart that it's yes. beyond the sea. Yeah. Uh, say not in your heart that it's a far off. Say not in your heart that it's up in heaven that somebody should come back down and bring it to us again. Yeah. Say not in your heart that it's below the earth that Christ would be raised again, but it's nigh you even in your mouth and in your own heart. And of course, that was a, a an actual a quote from uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 30, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> but anyway, it's just interesting to me that he repeats that again in the New Covenant, just saying you still have to renew your mind to this, guys. Yes. Don't don't keep saying that it's a far off. Don't keep saying that uh, this is one I've heard. I don't know. It must have been. Well, it's a bunch of times this last week. You know, I believe in healing. This is a big one. I believe in the healing of God. I know by his stripes I was healed. Hmm. However, but still waiting for the manifestation of it in my body is now faith is the substance and the evidence if faith is the substance and evidence then it is the manifestation of it i don't need to see it because the he uh, kingdom of heaven cometh not by observation i don't need to see it in my body it's already evident to me it's already proved to me it's already proven to me and i don't have to see anything else because that is the manifestation of it it's already manifested and I know this is a hard one to wrap our minds around because we're so used to looking at things on the natural and just going, well, it's still here. No, it's not. Who says it's still there? Who says you still have the symptom? Who says that? What says that? And it's not, what says that you're not healed yet? And that's what I, I guess the thing I keep going back to, who says that I still have that? Because yeah. it's not Christ that says that. It says that he bore it. He already took it. In fact, it pleased God to put it on him. Mm -hmm. So why is it I keep saying, well, it's just not manifested yet in my own body? Well, yes, it is, too. If, if you are in faith, and faith is not trying to get someplace, faith was never used as a verb. It was never used as an action. Yes. It was never throughout the whole of the Bible, it was never used as a verb. It was always used as, an, as a noun, a person, place, or thing. So it's a place that you observe Five. all of life from. It's a place that you make all your decisions from. It's a place that you're, that you're looking at this situation and going, this is what God says. This is what is reality, not whatever it is I see, but it, it's this is what is true. Yeah. And, um, you know, that I've heard some people say, well, I'm not going to lie against the truth. The truth is my body says this. Well, your body's lying. Somebody's lying because Jesus Christ said he already bore it and took it. Yeah. So something's lying. You better find out who it is. And right now, by telling me that you're, you're speaking truth means that you're 
Christ is not. Yeah. Well, and then <clears throat> that's that's the problem is we've become so not become we are so much more aware and conscious of the natural right. that we are ignorant of what is in the spiritual. Right. And the spiritual is more real than the natural. Right. So ignorant Paul is says, well, a good word. Sorry? Ignorant is probably a good word. Yes. Ignore. Yeah. It, yeah, it's that's what it means. It means that we have made ourselves unaware or ignorant, yet we ignoring what is that other realm. That we yeah. are citizens of a different kingdom with right. and the benefits of those kingdom means that we've got to manifest it in the earth. It's not the other way around. Right. And and we we pray, we actually pray is that your kingdom come, your will be done in heaven as on earth, you know, is right. that we've, we're reversing our whole focus, our whole consciousness. I, 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 you know, I often listen to, to, to Christians speaking and I go, you, you just have lost that awareness, that sensitivity, that, that place of being aware that there is a there is a realm that you live by and are dictated by outside of this, right? Because and he said, Paul says we while we look not at the things that are seen but at the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal in the heavens, right? And then he goes on to say, he said, because when we put off this tent that we have on the earth, we have a building built from God. And so what he's saying is that the reality of the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. So even in death, it's, it's at that instant we change and we are with him to be absent from the bodies, to be present from the, to, to be present with the Lord. And that's why when, when, you know, we hear, we we sing the song, you know, it's like, oh Jesus, when 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 I can't wait for the day that we come before you, you know, and can't <laughs> yeah. wait for the day. And then the doctor sits across the desk and says, uh, "I give you two months to live." What? Yeah. No, no, don't tell right. me. And I said, "What is the reality to you? You know, right. is that is that you sing about glory, but when they tell you you're going there, you 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 have a fit. You know, it's just like." Thank God we're getting there sooner. And that's when, <laughs> when Jesse, you know, the first night that Jesse, um, after he was diagnosed last year with cancer, and, you know, the initial diagnosis was like terminal. I mean, it was just, um, it was a, a terminal tumor. It was something they couldn't deal with. And, um, and the first thing I sat with, I went and sat on his bed because they wheeled him up to the oncology ward and I sat with him um, at the, and he's on his bed, and I looked him in the eye, and I said, Jesse, the one thing that we've got to deal with right now, and he says, what's that? I said, it's your worst enemy, and he says, what's that, Dan? And I said, death, and he said, what do you mean? And I said, if you fear death, then your fight is going to be a, a, a loss. You right. can't fight this fight. I said, because that's most people are trying to swim an Olympic uh, gala race and they fear water. It doesn't work. You've got to deal with the fear of death first. And I yeah. said, how are you in dealing with this? And he said, Dad, I'm absolutely fine. If I die, I'm fine. 
It doesn't bother me at all. <clears throat> he said, I will fight this, but if, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go, and it's fine. And I said, well, now we can fight. And he fought right. and he won, you know. So he, we never had to deal with the anxiety right. of uh, the, the last enemy, which is death, because that's what a lot of people fear is, you know, sickness yeah. unto death. They fear death. But, you know, we, we're saying we, uh, we have this glory. We're from another place. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We, we're ch children of God. And, and when I die, I'm going to be with him until we're told we're going to die. And then we have a problem. And yeah. that is the fear that is settled in everything that we're dealing with. Until we deal with that and realize that for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. When we deal with that, everything becomes easy because my, co my awareness then is of spiritual things of another place and dealing with earthly natural things is easy. Right. Well, it says they who through fear of death are subject to bondage all the days of their life. Exactly. And yeah, that's, that's, Hebrews that's chapter. What's that? Yeah. Hebrews chapter one or two, two. Yeah, Hebrews chapter uh, it's two. It's somewhere between the introduction and the maps in the Bible. <laughs> Hebrews chapter two. Yeah. And it says also, too, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. That's right. Into That's... the kingdom of the son of his love or into the kingdom of Christ. And yeah. the interesting thing about being translated out of one kingdom into another, it's not just like you, you decide to pack up and move. This is like one day you were here and the next day, uh, in the next instant, in the twinkling of an eye, you're over here now in this kingdom, which means under his rules, under his authority, under his judgment, under his auspicious gaze, under his power, under his dominion, under his whatever, and we're sent to represent that kingdom, not this kingdom of darkness anymore. We've been exactly. translated out of that kingdom of darkness. And somebody asked me the other day, just as far as about uh, cancer, diabetes, uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, they went through a whole list. They did an organ recital. They listed all their organs, you know, <laughs> and, everything was wrong. and uh, um, the, the thing that struck me is that Christ, this is his temple, okay? Satan comes, it says, the uh, abomination of desolation is, Satan comes, sets himself up as God in the temple of God. You, yeah. showing himself to be God. So cancer comes in, sets itself up as a dictator or as one who is going to dictate to you when you're going to die, what's going to happen, how's it going to work, what's going to go on, and not only affects you, but it affects your, your whole family and everybody around you. So he sets himself up as God in the temple of God, and he shows himself. He's not trying to show you that he's God. He's showing himself once again that he's God. Yeah. See, look. Overlord. It, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm going to dictate this. I've set, and this is, this is the Lord's temple. Yeah, I've set myself up as God yeah. in this temple, and you can't do anything about it. I've set myself up as God in the temple of God, and I'm showing myself to be God. Yeah. And that's what he's always wanted. He's always wanted that place. He's always wanted uh, I will be just like the Most High. I'm going to set myself up in that temple just like the Most High, and you're not going to do a thing about it. Like it says in Isaiah, not one person. He says, first thing I did is come in and I removed the bounds of the people. Isaiah chapter 10. First thing I did, came in and removed the boundaries of the people. Then I reached into their nest 
and and I gathered all their eggs and and then gathered all their treasures. And it says not one person moved the wing, opened the mouth, or peeped because they didn't know where the boundaries of their kingdom was anymore. They didn't realize that this guy's a trespasser and he just came in. He moved the boundaries, removed them, so that you didn't even know where to fight anymore. Yeah. And when you said that to Jesse, as far as what does your what do you believe right now? It's a matter of reestablishing those boundaries and saying, no, I'm not going to let this thing because I'm not getting kicked out of I'm not getting kicked out of the temple of God by some other by some other God. Yep. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. So this thing cannot rule and reign in this temple of the Most High God. It can't. Yeah. So uh, to see a young man like that stand up and go, no, you know, it's, um, you know, if fear, fear of death isn't going to have me subject to bondage all the days of my life. I, I exactly. Just won't let it happen. And that, and that was, I mean, the, the incredible thing was at times I struggled and uh, I remember when we were just about to go to surgery, you know, he had, um, they were scheduling him for um, the um, major surgery to remove the tumor. And we had gone from a sarcoma, which is um, a tumor that's embedded into the, the tissue, which is terminal. But even then, when they told him that the first evening, he, he, when the doctor came to see him, he took the doctor by the hand and he said, we are going to beat this thing. And the doctor said, that is incredible. I've, you know, you've got such a positive attitude after having news like this. And he said, I'm going to beat this thing. And we went from a sarcoma and through various stages. And then when we reached the, the place where, where um, he was now scheduled for surgery, lost, the last, um, not the last, but it was the, the oncology um, visit before the surgery, the doctor said to him, Look, you're going to probably lose a left kidney. You're going to probably have have to have all your your aorta uh, main aorta um, restructured. You're going there's it looks like we're going to have to cut into some of your um, uh, muscle tissue for your left leg, which means you're going to lose a little well not a little but you're going to lose some mobility of your left leg. Um, you're going, and we're going to have to cut into other tissue. We're not sure what else. So, you know, and then we're going to hope for a cure. And, it, you know, for as a dad, I'm telling you, Steve, that, that news, especially because he's such a, an athletic person, you know, that right. news hit me, I like, emotionally, you know. I was flawed. I mean, my, you, you know, it's the, that battle you have between your head and your heart. Your heart right. knows what it believes, but your head is going, ah, no, you know, and, right. uh, but we got in the car and I looked at Jesse and he was so calm. He was just so calm. And he looked at me and he said, you're struggling, Dan. I said, man, I'm, tears, are, tears are running down my face. And I said, I am, I am really struggling with this, you know. And he said, listen to me. He said, when, when the report of the doctor lines up with the report of God, then we take notice. Until then, we trust the report of God. That's it. Wow. Wow, isn't that something? <laughs> and you know, we on the way to on the way to surgery because we had to drive through to Philadelphia, which is like two hours from here, hour and a half, two hours from here. And we went through the Sunday night, stayed over, and then he was scheduled for surgery early the next morning. And so we drove through, and he was driving, and you know, Michelle and I are sitting quiet in the car. And he says, "What's the matter with you guys? You know, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm okay. It's okay." You know, and he had this like such peace about it. I mean, he wasn't being jovial, but he was just, 
you had such peace about it. And when we went into the prep the, uh, for surgery and they, they come in, the anesthetist comes in and the surgeon assistant comes in and they basically prep him for what's going to take place, you know, and they're telling I'm, I'm telling you, uh, man, if there ever was there, uh, there was a time that I fell apart, it was at that time. <laughs> I just like, I, I was really struggling and I'm bawling my eyes out, but I'm quietly, you know, and um, the, they're telling him, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're going to have to do this and that and whatever else. And, and he looks over at me and um, he just winks at me like, Dad, this is going to be fine, you know. And, uh, <laughs> And well, you know, we came out, and and the the testimony is that um, it was a twenty centimeter tumor, twenty centimeters, which is the size of a saucepan or, or a frying pan, seven centimeters thick in his abdomen. And when they went in, the surgeon after seven hours came out, and he said, "He said we have been pleasantly surprised." He said the whole tumor was lifted off every single tissue in his body and we didn't have to touch anything else in his body. His kidney is fine. His muscle tissue is fine. We didn't have to do anything with the aorta. Nothing was touched. Everything mm. it was in place. Um, and, and, of course, the, the two weeks later, they gave us the, um, the diagnosis, which is cancer-free. Uh, but that, that a tumor... And I really believe, but because it didn't respond to chemo, it, the, you know, they said it wasn't responding to chemo. So here's faith. He trusted God and right. that, that thing lifted off every bit of his body t tissue. And you can, 20 centimeters, Steve, is not a small tumor, you know, it's no. massive. No. And it lifted off everything, every bit of his body. And right. um, and they just had to remove it, you know. Look, it was a long process because they had to, you know, get it out of out of his abdomen, you know. But within within seven days, he was up on his feet and with massive surgery. And the doctors, the the surgeon said, you know, you are a model patient. He said, we've never we we just don't have these kind of patients, you know. Right. That you have got such a good frame of mind, and and first off, and secondly, that you you you're recovering so fast, and that was the power of God. But his faith was look. He had his moments where where it's just like you know why me kind of thing, you know. And but he right. never ever doubted God's ability to deal to to that that God is working on that thing. And, um, Every time he used to walk past us in the house over the six months that we went through, every time he walked past, Michelle and I would just say, according to Mark 11, verse 23, we speak to that thing. We say, it's cursed. It will not bear fruit on your body. It will not bear fruit on your body. It has to wither That's up right. and die in Jesus' name. You right. are healed and you are whole. And we and said you shall that, have whatsoever you say if you do not exactly. Now, And you were saying about faith is a place. It's a noun. It's, it's a state of it's a force that you reach to a place that you come to is a, a state of faith. But the, the flip side of that coin, the verb is to believe. And we are believers. Right. We're supposed to believe. What are we supposed to believe? We're supposed to believe the word of God, not what we see, not right. what we feel, not what the doctor says. We're supposed to believe the word of God. And, yeah. Um, and Isaiah 53, one says, who hath believed our report? The Lord yes, says, <laughs> yes, exactly. 
And, and, and just that, that Mark 11 verse 22 says, Jesus said, have faith in God after he spoke to the fig tree and it withered up. And he said, whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. And then verse 24 says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive right. them and you shall have them. And right. so when do, when do you believe? When you pray. And what do yeah. you believe? That you have them, and then they shall be yours. What things yeah. you desire. So What's, th- what's unfortunate, though, Sean, is that, that <coughs> number one, we've been taught a different way. Number two, a lot of times the um, translation is a little bit unfortunate in those things. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, um, the word um, of is O-V. In Greek, the word "in" is "en." If I'm not mistaken, it says, "Have the faith en God, not ov." So, have the faith of God. I mean, it, it's ov, not en. So, not it. It says, "Don't have." It doesn't say, "Have faith in God." It actually literally says, "Have the faith of God." Yeah, it says, "The have the God kind of faith." Yes. Right. 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 So. In other words, if our father's the one that spoke everything into existence, <laughs> who is it we're supposed to be like? Yeah, yeah. And so we, we do it the same way. We don't try to work on it. We don't try to do all this other stuff. We, we do it the same way he does it, which is speak unto that mountain or speak unto that thing or speak unto the darkness or speak unto the firmament or speak unto whatever it is. And do not doubt in your heart, and you shall have whatsoever things you say. Yes. I'm sorry I mixed that up. Uh, it is OV, not anyway. Doesn't matter now at this point. Uh, we're yeah. way past that. We already passed that, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, and that's that's the thing is is you know the the thing about it is is that we've got to apply the believing right to arrive at the place of faith, right? The God kind of faith, right? So, so, um, you know, we've we got to believe our report. Yeah. And, and the believing is not to believe what you feel, what you see, what's around you. It's right. not, it, you know, in, and this, and this was the other thing that I, I, I sat with him and I said to him, I said, okay, do you understand that you are saved? Yes, I do. I said, how did you get saved? And we went through that process, you know, that if a man believes in his heart that Jesus is risen from the dead or that he's alive and confesses with his mouth that he is the Lord of, of my life, then you are saved, right? That's Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto. Right. So I said, that is how you get saved, right? Right. So that's the greatest miracle that can take place. So it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the outcome of this is. The simple fact is you've already had the greatest miracle you can experience on the earth, and that's to become a new creature in Christ, that, that, that you are taken out of the, the realm of darkness, translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love, that He comes to dwell in you by the power of His Spirit, by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And you become a totally new being. You become the righteousness of God in Christ. You're totally, your spirit man is totally changed and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the power and the nature of God to come and dwell in you. There's no greater miracle than that. 
Right. If you're now, looking save, for a miracle, though, uh, sorry? I said save, though, is something we've been limited because of the way we've been taught and the way we think. It's limited to just the spiritual ah, aspect. But However, that's my, the word sozo, yeah. That's sozo what I was going to get to, yeah. Yeah, means to be set free, to be delivered, to get on well, to be in health, and to prosper. So yes. uh, if that's the case, it never, I mean, even though it part of that is to be saved from eternal death unto eternal life, but but it, it's about being made whole. Yes. And so it, it's, um, you know, those, those verses you were quoting, uh, we've been saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, the gift of God. I've been, I've been made whole, I've been delivered, I've been set free, I've been to get on well, I've been prospered, uh, you know, by grace through faith. Um, um, uh, the, the confession is made unto righteousness, but confession, it, out of our mouth, confession is made unto salvation unto the wholeness, unto the health, unto the life, unto the whatever. And the word confession there, homo logia, homo meaning the same as, logia is, is logos, which is the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was, anyway. The word logos isn't the written word. I was always taught that it means to write, but it doesn't mean to write. It literally means to speak, but it means the thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind what is spoken. Rhema means to literally just open the mouth and to utter or to speak. But the logos literally means the thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind everything that is spoken. So Jesus Christ was the embodiment of the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind everything God spoke. And so that's what became flesh. That's what dwells among us. And confession is made unto salvation. Confession, or to speak the same thing as the very heart, intent, thought, and motive behind everything God spoke when he spoke it in the very beginning. So now as a son of God, I'm not just speaking his words. I'm speaking it with the very same thought, intent, purpose, and motive when he spoke it in the beginning. So it's not just confession like the rosary where I just go through and repeat all the verses. It literally means to speak it with the very same thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind what he spoke it with in the very beginning. No, that's right. So, you know, if if you're looking for a formula, that's it. And that's right. what I that's what I said to Jesse. I said the same way you get saved, same faith, same way you get healing, same way you get deliverance, same way right. you get everything. Right. Is that it's the that's same good. faith. It's not. It's not something. It's not a different. You know, we like we need faith for healing. No, we don't. We it's no. the same faith. Yeah, we, that's true. You know, we need faith that's for deliverance. True. No, we don't. It's the same faith. It's not. Right. It's not prosperity faith, healing faith, saving faith. It's all the same faith. It's all so and so. It's right. all. It's all moving towards. So the, the How hard was it to get saved? That's what I. You know, my <laughs> my thing is like. When, when you got saved, you know, did you, did Jesus appear to you? Did you have like a special written thing come through? Did you have to go through a sequence of events? Did you have to ask 10,000 people to pray first um, to right. get your, he, to get your salvation? No, you just went up and you might've done it on your knees one night, you know, uh, sitting in the garden, sitting in the car, gone to the altar in a, in a church meeting, I don't know where, you know, wherever it is. And all you did was, you know, you came to realization, listen, Jesus is alive. And I did, and I confess that he's Lord of my life. And, right. and, and at that point in time, you said, I surrender my life to him and he takes control. Whereas right. the prince of the 
prince of the power of the air was in control. He's not control anymore. Jesus is. And at that moment, you received an eternal miracle of eternal life, the life and nature of God himself coming to abide and live in you, recreate you, put you in right standing with him. You receive redemption. You become a child of God. You become a son of God. You get citizenship to the kingdom of heaven all in an instant, a miraculous instant. The same faith is what is applied to healing, to deliverance, to prosperity. Is like there's no difference. There's no difference. So, why, when it comes to prosperity or to prosperity, they tell us, no, you, you better be tithing, otherwise you're cursed, so it's not going to happen. And and with healing is like we think, well, the more people we can get praying, right? you know, that we can somehow convince God to heal us. No, <laughs> same faith, same right. faith. In fact, Jesse, you know what uh, Steve, Jesse said to me, he says, please don't tell everybody that I'm in this in a faith battle right now. He said, because I only want people to know who will agree with me in faith. That's I'm not true. looking for people praying unbelief prayers for me. Right, right. That's very true. And that is exactly what it was because you've got all these people, oh God, please heal him. Oh, why did it happen? You know, it's just like, right. no, we don't, you don't need that kind of thing. You know, it's just like we kept it very limited to people that we knew would agree with us that I could approach and say, would you agree with us in faith for this? You know, right. and, and um, yeah. And you, and suppose, that, you suppose part of our problem is still is that we're propagating that by, by still saying, or equating born again with being saved. Yes, yes, we that, that exactly right. Uh, you know, we preach we preach more born again than salvation. Jesus preached salvation, the gospel right. of the kingdom to salvation, but we preach born again. Jesus mentioned born again once right. to Nicodemus at night in the middle of the night, where there was nobody else around. Mentioned right. it once, but we preach it as a as a gospel all the time. Right. And that's what saved means then to people is that. Yes. And when, when he said saved, he meant the whole ball of wax. He meant the whole to be in health, to prosper, to get on well, to be, to be saved from eternal death, but also be delivered. It means the whole ball of wax to be yes. made whole. Yes. And that's, that's part of the problem with what we've done to it is we've, by our own traditions, we've negated the very power of God in that, in that, just in that word, because yep. we've said saved equals born again. It yep. doesn't. It does not. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, I got one thing right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good session today. Good session. Good discussion. Yeah, it's it's encouraging, you know, to to. And these are the things we need to just admonish each other in and encourage each other in is just to keep the focus, you know, the spiritual. The, how do we know what's in the spirit? We know it by what's in the word of God. So if you want to know what's been given to you, what's in in the spirit realm is go to the word. The word tells you what is in the spirit realm. And that's what you've got to believe. That's and and speak over your life, over your circumstances, over your situation is you know, speak that um, because as a man believes in his heart, if you right. believe in your heart that what you say with your mouth will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. That is the principle 
of arriving at the place of faith. You, right. That's what believing is. So do that. Do it consistently. Do not believe the lie of what you see. Now, the thing is, we're looking for some, I don't know, you know, some extreme new kind of what is the latest revelation. We haven't got that right yet. You know, is like... <laughs> We just, right. <laughs> it, it's just not there yet. And I think, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get onto that one. But um, we, we need to get back to, and it's not back to basics. It's, it's back to the truth. You know, right. that's what, how it functions. And if we do that, it's amazing what, we, what thing, things will open up to us, you know. It's just um, what we'll begin to see. I heard one day a lady said, you know, I'm tired of hearing, these, you know, hearing about faith. I said, lady, you know, the righteous shall live by faith. So what are you talking about? You know, it's just like, wow. um, if, if, are you doing it? Are you totally living victoriously in your life? Are you, you know, are you seeing people's lives impacted? Then, you know, you never move away from a place of faith in God and, and the faith of God. You know, that place where you're standing in, in relationship to him, it, it's never, it never changes. So, we, we need to get get these things into our life and say, God, you know, um, help me to walk in this. Help me to, to, to see these things are un, un, uh, unveiled or what's the word? Um, revealed um, right. in, in my, my walk with you. Well, awesome time again, Steve. Thank you very much for spending time with me on the call. Well, thank you. And, uh, Great, a great message again today. I think, um, yeah, just really encouraging. So, can uh, I read super. something? Do you mind if, real quick? Um, last my, yeah, go for it. I was the just last part say. of first one, uh, first Timothy, uh, six, I believe it starts at verse 20. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to your trust, avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so called, mm. which some professing. And that word professing, once again, is, is basically to speak, to speak forth the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind something. So you're professing the science. You're professing the profane and vain babblings rather than, and it says, which some profession have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Amen. And I thought, you know, that's uh, even back then they were, they were already professing things that were different. Yeah from the grace of God or from the power of God or the kingdom of God, they were professing the things of science. They were professing the things of whatever, and they weren't professing the things. And it says, therefore you've erred from your faith. Yeah. And to begin once again, like you said, to begin to speak the very things, the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive of God, when he spoke in the beginning, go back to those things that I've spoken unto you and speak those things and don't err from the faith. Don't err from that place or that position that I've placed you in, which is at the right hand, my right hand, far above all power, principality, ruler, might, and dominion. Yeah. I've placed you there. Now see things from that perspective. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. All right. Well, be encouraged. Uh, thank you for listening in on this uh, broadcast today or this episode or this conversation or this discussion, whichever <laughs> You, whatever whatever perspective you like to see it as, um, we really appreciate you, every single one of you um, listening in. Um, I'm, I see every week all every, how the listeners come on. And uh, I know Friday is, is a longer one, but you've got Saturday to listen all day. So it's, um, <laughs> it's really great to have you um, 
with us. And uh, yeah, we really, really appreciate you. Hey, don't forget there is the um, the Facebook group called Kingdom Leadership Equipping. I'm posting in there all the time the links to these episodes and others are placed in there. And I, I'm constantly feeding content into there as well. So, which you can join. And then, of course, there is the blog um, and the website, uh, kingdomleadershipequipping.com. Love you to go over there and just have a peek as well. So, please um, give us a review on on uh, the podcast, uh, KLE. Um, it doesn't take much. Just if you go to Apple iTunes and and just uh, click on the um, the this it says reviews and just give us a five star review and a little a little quote. You don't even have to give a quote. Just give a five star review. It'll really be great. Or a like and a subscribe um, on Anchor or Spotify. Um, the more the more we have. Um, in, in you know the more likes etc we have the more this rises above all the dead wood that's in the in the, in the podcast world and the more the message gets out so really appreciate it thank you very much for listening in again and have a super weekend god bless you guys